0: Who is Jesus? Well, the Bible says a lot about who Jesus is, who he was, and who he will continue to be for the rest of eternity. John says that he is the bread of life. Colossians says that he is the firstborn of all creation. Luke says that he is the son of man. There are so many ways to describe who Jesus is and what he means to so many that put their faith in him. I think bearing the question, what should that mean for athletes? In my opinion, it should mean everything for athletes. That's why today I invited on Charleston Southern University Associate Athletic Director Mike Vigue to talk about who Jesus is to him and what Jesus can do for everyone that puts their faith in him, especially athletes. This conversation was so intriguing and Mike brings many helpful insights that can help athletes that are wondering who Jesus really is, not only from what he's learned as someone that has had a career in sports, but as someone who loves sports and loves Jesus. This was such a fun discussion today, and I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation. Make sure to subscribe to the show and share this episode with an athlete that you might know. Um, Maybe it will help them along with helping the show. Um, But for now, let's get into it today. Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. My name is Ken Burke, and today we are talking to Mike Vigu. Mike, I really appreciate you coming on today, sir. How are you doing?
1: Appreciate it. I'm uh, doing very, very well. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for for the time today. So obviously you have bounced around a lot uh, in your, your roles at many different colleges and institutions. Talk to me about what you have learned about representing Christ throughout your career in sports.
1: Christ, Christ has had such a, a profound impact on my life. I grew up a, a pastor's kid, and just because you grow up that way doesn't mean it has that effect on you. Um, mm. But just uh, my whole heart is a desire to honor Christ and everything that I do. And and uh, it wasn't always like that. I think as I gotten older in my career and progressed, I've really wanted to to honor Christ and everything I've done. And so, you know, over the years, I've just learned so much more about what it means to really be a Christ follower and what it means to resemble um, Christ-like character and, and things like that. And so one of my favorite verses is uh, Colossians 3.23 that says, work um, work unto the Lord and not in demand." And so that's something like for me has been like a life verse um, that I've kind of held on to because I want my character to reflect someone that works hard, not working for a title or a salary or anything like that, rather just doing it to honor Christ. And I think it's an unbelievable platform in sports specifically to do that. So uh, that's what really were what I've learned a little bit along the way. So.
0: Yeah. It is interesting as like Americans, we put sports on this pedestal, right? Like we all, we all do it no matter what sport it is. And I think that when somebody like yourself has a platform through sports and it honors Christ through that, I think it's a, that's a really valuable thing in today's society for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, and again, like I said, it wasn't always like that for me. And I right. was a typical kind of jock. I know you played baseball too. And your priorities just are influenced through, through your life. And that's something that for me, when I, when I get began to get to know who Christ truly was, uh, especially in, in terms of my life, it changes everything, changes your whole perspective on how you, you want to work and serve and lead and, um, and, and just handle life. So.
0: Yeah. What was that biggest, what was the biggest external factor that kept you away from Jesus? Because I think for, for myself and a lot of people that I've talked to, a lot of men that I've talked to a lot of us, felt peer pressure and just wanted to fit in as, you know, high school, college students, college athletes, for sure. Like you just want to, you want to blend in with the team. You don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. So what was that like for you?
1: I don't know if it was one thing that was like a hesitation for me. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, which I'm so thankful for because that, that scripture says, uh, train up a child in the way that they should grow They should go so that when they get old, they'll not depart. Thankful for that. I, I had great friends growing up. Um, But it just never was like real to me at that point. It was it was somewhat you know you knew the Sunday school answers you could you could handle that stuff. But until Christ lives inside of you, and it becomes real to you. um, It's 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 sometimes you're just going through the motions. And so um, you know I was just that that typical kid. Like I love sports, um, liked having fun with friends, and there's nothing wrong with any of that innately. Um, But you know for me, obviously the salvation portion came from um, a desire and a seeking of who, who Christ was. And Mm. so, um, once I got to that point for me, it was kind of a a low point in my life that really caused me to check into like, Hey, who is Jesus? And so that was where it kind of started for
0: me. Yeah. And I mean, that's going to be our topic today is, you know, who is Jesus and figuring out like not only who he is, but what he has done for us. For yourself, when how did how did Jesus make himself known to you? Because I think you and I have very similar stories. I was born in a Christian home. I knew all the Sunday school answers, you know, and I didn't figure it out until my, my early 20s. And I was just, I was awestruck. I was like, wow, this is what the gospel is. I never had realized it for 20 years of my life and finally it figured it out. So what was that like? What was that instance for you?
1: Yeah. And, and I can tell you, I don't know the exact date, but I can tell you when I, it clicked for me. Mm. Um, I had been going through a really, you know, just challenging period of my life. Some of it personal. I, you know, I had had, I, you know, lost a, a friend, close friend in a car accident and um, my, two of my cousins passed away. And in this time period frame, my sister developed cancer, I had had neck problems that were causing me crazy stuff. And, everything was just kind of hitting at once. And I was out of college and, and I'm working and doing the grind there. And I'm just like, man, if this is life, man, I, I'm just not, and I never was an unhappy person. I, I was always a happy go lucky, but I was really struggling with loneliness, all these different things. And I finally in my room, I just, my dad actually, and my dad passed away last year, but he was a man of God and he's taught me so much. And I'm so thankful for the um, the resources that he left in me. And when I was going away to college, years before this, he had given me his first New Testament Bible. And uh, my dad was a baseball player and a really good one. And he was not always a Christian. And and he got radically saved when he was 25 years old. Well, his first New Testament, when I first got it, when I was like, going away to college, I kind of just put it on the shelf and was like, thank you. I like, never opened it. Well, I started reading the Bible. For the first time in my life, and I opened up that Bible because I was so broken. I needed hope and all the, all these things. And you start reading the Bible, and you start asking, and you, you start with humility. You say, God, you know, I I need you, I, or I I just want to know who you are. And so, you know, Bible says if you seek, you'll find. And and so that's where it started for me. I opened in Matthew, started reading the Proverbs or uh, um, the parables, and got to the parable of the pearl of great price. And, and that parable itself was the one that talking about, um, you know, when they found the pearl of great price, they, they realized what it was worth and it was worth forsaking like all and, uh, to purchase it. And so for me, at the end of that parable says, do you understand? And, uh, Mm -hmm. I was like, I get it. I, I understand who Jesus is. And, um, when you ask these questions, that's, that's, God will always reveal Himself in in humility when you when you're seeking Him with a, a pure heart.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's so wild how you you read all of these parables and you read the Gospels and you read everything early on in your life when you're not really a believer, and then when you when you finally read it and it clicks, you're like, yeah. "Whoa, that's what that means!" Like that's it was. It's still so wild to me, and still reading it to this day, you're just like, "It's so profound." It's it's such a living document that still resonates today.
1: Yeah, and I, I I'm very feel very strongly about that. When I read the scripture, like I hold it like it's God's word. And in, in John yeah. one, it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God." That's why I think the power of your words are so important. Um, the way you know when when Jesus was being tempted, um, you know before his ministry actually started, what does he say to the devil? He says, um, "As it is written," and he mm. quotes scripture back to the devil. And that's even powerful in our own thoughts is knowing the word of God, so that when deception or different things happen in our lives that that create doubt or things that are not you know what red christ calls us to we can kind of remember you know what god calls us to and so i just think like the word is so and again it has to be real to you and and it just takes seeking and and it all of a sudden god will just reveal himself in his own way but like you said it's a living document
0: i love that you brought up you know satan knowing scripture too because I think that's a that's a really big way of uh Satan harming the Christianity today. You know, we as children were so when we're brought up it can be really diluted and just really become second nature to us. It doesn't really have any much meaning anymore. I think that's, you know, Satan coming in and being like, ah, you know this stuff, you don't really need to read it or study it or do anything like that. And I, I, I obviously it's it's the complete opposite. You need to study it and memorize scripture and pray every single day because it's so important for your faith.
1: I mean, and it's it's like you said, in Timothy it talks about um, study to show yourself approved. Yeah. It's crazy because scripture is— it's like a almost a spoken word that can can reveal himself to you the more you uh, meditate on it. And I love that Psalms that say, um, "Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight." And so, I think that's a that's as a daily believer, no, no matter where you are, if you're a pastor of a church of ten thousand people or you're, you know, a fifteen year old kid, like you should be you should be seeking God, and uh, God sees that, and I know that God honors that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, going towards, you know, athletics and what that means for for Christians today. I, you've been, you know, you've been at Crown, you've been at Southeastern University, you've been at now at C at Charleston Southern. What are the biggest challenges and opportunities that you see Christian athletes face today?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like even when we were probably athletes, the social media platform that in the college athletics, the transfer portal is always a new coach. That's going to sell you on why their program or why this new situation is better. Um, always selling new opportunities or, and, um, there's the NIL stuff with, with receiving money. And so there's just a weight to that. And I think like there's a struggle for being, having a platform continually. Mm. And, you know, I, I think that's something that, every athlete should be cautioned, not just to seek the platform, but when you get that platform that you're ready to handle that platform. And, um, you know, opportunities for Christians today, like our world needs it more than ever. Um, that's why I'm in this industry and that's why I want to be at Christian school specifically is because I want to help, um, achieve excellence at a, you know, division one school and, and help them, uh, achieve things on the scale of any other school could do. Um, but, they need athletes to stand up for Christ, and what you're seeing too, Ken. Like, in, and I know you watching the NFL playoffs. Guys like C.J. Stroud and and um, Brock Purdy, and you know these kind of guys are leading, and they're at the highest level right now, and they're all, uh, boldly proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ, which which is awesome. And and I think if you hear any of them, get it. It's not just about the sound click, but saying Jesus first, and then on on. You can tell there's a humility and an understanding of like. Their priorities that at the end of the day, sport is phenomenal. Being in the NFL and being a college athlete, all these things are great, but it's a platform at the end of the day. It's not, it's not a platform to idolize yourself or put yourself in a situation. It's a, it's to proclaim the name of Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to bring. I was going to bring up CJ Stroud because his, I mean, I'm a Jags fan, so it's just been hurting me just seeing him win. But at the same time, he is such a good person. Yeah. Knowing that what he came from and his background and what he's been through in his life, just just him being able to still honor God and just show all of that to show show Christ through everything that he's been through is amazing to see, and it it just gives a new perspective on what it means to be a Christian in sports today. But. Yeah, I I mean, one topic like I t- like I said before, I wanted to focus on today was who is Jesus? What who is he? What should he mean to athletes out there? So for yourself, what has Jesus meant to you throughout your life and throughout, you know, your career in athletics?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a phenomenal question I think everybody as you go through life, who Jesus becomes and and continually is in your life is, you know, at, at the end of the day, who Jesus is for me is is a a faithful Loving God, who who is walks with me and and um, he is hope for me as in my life. He has been the ideal model and role model of what what a, a sacrificial servant leader looks like. Um, there's been just things in my life that, depending on the circumstance that I'm in, if you look kind of at Jesus to see how he handled certain things, there was a side of Jesus at times was bold when he. When he turned over the, you know, he's in the temple and he turns over the, um, the, the tables in there. Then there's times where Jesus was, was the first one to you know, wash someone's feet. And so that those are the stories. But then when you obviously incorporate the Holy Spirit and what that is in my life and just the direction and the leading. And um, he's someone that just continually walks with me. And, and my wife and I, when we pray we try not to pray to like this distant God or Mm -hmm. try to use fancy work, like, you know, words We we talk like, Hey, you know what? The Holy spirit is with us. We're two or more gathered together. He's there. And, and, um, I, you know, I just want to have a heart that's pure, that loves Jesus, that, that Jesus knows I want to honor him. I recognize the sacrifice he made. I didn't always understand what that sacrifice meant. Um, and so, yeah, Jesus is a plethora of things to me, like, to be honest. And, and, uh, you know, I'm very blessed that he's walked with me through the the good times and the bad times. And uh, like I said, he's the ideal role model for me to just model my life after.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And you know, I, when I was reflecting on this question, I just thought of John six, like he is the bread of life. He, whoever comes to him is not going to be hungry. He's not going to be thirsty. And I mean, just like, Thinking about when you're hungry or when you're thirsty, like you just think of like he has the key to to your hunger. He's gonna quench your thirst. He's going to satisfy you in every way possible. And all you have to do is just make uh, yourself available to him. And it's 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 amazing that we serve a God like that. And I, I love that you 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 when you pray, like you you you're saying that you. Are praying to a, a very close God. You're not playing, praying to somebody that's so far away that we can't figure out who he is. And, you know, I think a lot of times with our limited brains and who, like understanding of God and what that means, that was just the term of God, it can be really difficult to grasp and such a profound idea. So how do you consistently remind yourself of who God is and who Jesus is?
1: Yeah. And, uh, for me too, like sometimes when I feel like I'm, I'm not close to God, it's usually because I'm not in his word or I'm not, Yeah. there's an element of faith, like to understand, like in our limited, you know, abilities to, to understand who God is, is very difficult, but I believe he's the creator of the heavens and earth. So sometimes for me, if if it's a night outside and I go outside and I look at the stars in the sky, like that honestly is one of the easiest ways for me to look at this and just see about creation, you know, Romans talks about like, you know, that Romans one is talking about the creation, although they knew God, like the works of God, they didn't, you know, believe him. And so that for me, as I look at just the uniqueness and ability of we're, we're formed in a way to want to be creative, you know, you're creative with this podcast, but we're designed in the image of God, who is the ultimate creator. And that that's the beauty is, is starting to think like, we are created by something, and and uh, you can't always you can't always say like oh I know definitively like exactly, but you can see the nature of God through His Word, and you can see it, Him revealed through His Word to right. you, and and that's the thing for me is I just know God's faithfulness. I, I know the times and the things I've written down in prayer, and to see God maybe not answer in the way I w- thought it was going to happen, but just see how God's walked with me along those ways.
0: Yeah, Tim Keller has a very good podcast mini series uh it's called questioning christianity and the whole main point around that is you can't prove that there is a god but you cannot prove there is not a god so you're gonna have faith either way it just depends on you know what you're gonna put your faith in and i think that's that's so good like just being able to to constantly feel his presence and feel his word by just reading it, just going outside and looking yeah. at the star. That's awesome.
1: And I think too, like, and Ken, you know, this is any believer or Christian, they, they step out in faith and they don't, you don't always feel this, you know, overwhelming sense of God. Right. I think that's something that, you know, new Christians or somebody that gives their life and they may have a, a stirring moment in their life. And then they maybe don't feel like that, that same feeling. And it's more than just a feeling, just like love. It's like, okay, understanding who God's is. And then it's believing. Do you believe the word that like the, the Bible is the word of God? Do you believe it's it's um, God breathed and it's it's fruitful? And so that's something for me is even in the seasons of where maybe I feel like I'm not really close to God, am I still just plugging away? Am I still just seeking God and, and just you know, desperation, um, you know, for, for, Hey God, I want, I want to be in your presence. I want to know who you are, reveal yourself more to me. And and again, when you do that, I do believe God continues to reveal himself to you.
0: What should athletes and well, I guess athletes, coaches, whoever, what should athletes, how can they find Jesus in sports?
1: That's a tough question too, because in sports, there's so many things that are pulling your attention to, mm-hmm. um, there's so much beauty in sports. There's so much um, obviously that can be learned from sports. There's, there's discipline, there's, there's hard work and determination, you know, understanding grit and um, competitiveness. When I was at crown, I, I used the phrase um, Christ as the acronym for us, competitive, humble, um, uh, uh, relational, intentional, sacrificial, and thankful. And, you know, finding Christ, I think who you, Surround yourself with too is so important too, and and being around body of believers um, strengthens you. The Bible talks about iron sharpens iron, and you don't always have to be, you know, the know it all or know everything. I definitely don't, but I want to be around people that are like minded that challenge me. Um, And and we see it here. There's there's student athletes that are in every level of their their faith. Some lacking maybe any faith or, or struggling and asking questions, and some are strong in their faith and. I think just staying staying inquisitive and asking God and seeking God through all of it um, can can do that. I think like here at Charleston Southern, we you know one of the big things that we look at is not just winning and success of our head coaches, but is it is it that you're still training these young athletes to understand who Jesus is and teaching them in that way? And even if the coach is not the best, like doesn't have to be a preacher, but but understands it and, and lives it in their own capacity? and they're directing kids. uh, And I say kids, but student athletes, that's where they can grow so much.
0: Mm -hmm. How, how have you been able to find that balance of your coaches on like, we want you to win, but we also want you to create Jesus followers. How have you been able to balance that and find those right, that right fit?
1: Yeah. I mean, and it is a tough, it's a tough thing. Um, You know, I've, I've had the privilege of working at Christian universities and Um, so that was something that even in hiring processes, we, we really evaluated, but I also think, and, and one of a mentor in my life friend, um, Drew Watson, who's the athletic director at Southeastern University, you know, when he was first hiring me, I was young in my career, you know, he, he talked about Christianity and a lot of times that sometimes Christians accept not being excellent, like, and, and we shouldn't live that way. You know, we should be living in terms of like, we, we're called to to be um to honor Christ. And I think whatever we do should honor him. So you run a you know run this podcast to do everything, work unto the Lord and do your best to make it as high quality and and, um the attention to detail. And so yeah, that's something that for coaches, we hope that it doesn't deter you. Like any of these athletes, it should just make you want to be a better athlete, more competitive. Um you just obviously careful on that line of of one becoming an idol. Um, and I think that's something we all have to make sure that we're not, not doing in our lives is, it's just the right lens.
0: Yeah. It's, it's very interesting, you know, trying to find that balance of wanting to, to be excellent in everything that you do, but also remembering to not make it your idol and not make it who you are as a person and, yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing, especially with this podcast. Like, I don't want to make this podcast who I am. I want to make Jesus who I am. And finding that balance has been really tough for myself. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's good for, for believers to, to talk about that because it shows that we're on the same boat.
1: Yeah. No. I, and you know, it, you think about the the most competitive athletes, some of the most successful athletes, it doesn't just have to be, it could be anything in business, Sometimes they make compromises hmm. um, and, and sometimes athletes are, are so competitive that, you know, Michael Jordan's a perfect example. Yeah. I mean, he's widely regarded as the the best player ever to play the game. You know, if you, you listen to some of his teammates, some other people, he was a little bit of a jerk. And there is a, a level of like, man, it seems like if you have to be successful, you have to be so cutthroat. And that was something that when I got in, you know, was in the process of looking at an AD job um, years ago, I had asked a, a, a men's basketball coach and I said, is it possible to be highly successful and also, you know, not be so cutthroat? And, and I believe it is like, I believe you can do both at a very, very high level. And, and you obviously see it in a lot of athletes today. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is a fine line and how to, how to rein somebody in, but you can't change somebody's heart at the end of the day. Somebody's heart's always going to be—that's between them and God. So, yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. That's true. It's—it's it's a such a fine balance that you have to figure out. But as we're wrapping up our conversation today, I just thinking about who Jesus is and what he has done for us, how have you seen him guide your steps throughout your life and throughout your career? Because I think uh, that's another thing that Christians really need to talk talk about. uh, Because, you know, even for myself, I don't know how I got to where I am today if it wasn't for Jesus. So for yourself, how, how, how have you seen that play out?
1: Oh man. And that's, that is another way where I've seen God's faithfulness and I don't want to go into my whole story, but like, each of our lives is a testimony. It's a, it's your story is just a combination of distinct different testings that you've gone through and again like I said when I was 27 is when I really dedicated my life to Christ. And I was always a good kid but you know I, I did my own thing and and I wasn't honoring Christ at the time. And now as as my life has gone and and when you ask God to order your steps he will, like he will and, and you know, there's a, there's a saying that says, or not saying it's a scripture Pro, in Proverbs it said, in the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord orders his steps. And I've seen that more and more, you know, I didn't get married till later in life. And, and there was a point in my life where I was like, man, God, if I'm never going to get married, so be it. I'm just going to honor you. But I, you know, I had prayed to to be married, to have a family, to have a career and, and just the way God has progressed me in, in all those areas. Um, I'm just so thankful. And I think there's a a timing along that line, too, that sometimes God has to prepare you for certain things that I look back and I'm like, man, if I was 26 years old now and and trying to do some of the things like I don't know if I'd have the ability to to do that or I wouldn't have the uh, the tools to be successful in that. And so God has continually ordered my steps. When I took the job at Southeastern University, I was working as an enrollment counselor and, you know, I, I loved, I loved um, sports my whole life. And that was a desire to get into sports. And I got my foot in the door. I'm thankful for so many people that gave me, gave me opportunities, but you just, if you allow God and you just put your trust in him and just say, Oh God over my steps and just try to be faithful in where you are. That's something that I'm a big believer in is um, be where your feet are. Um, If, if you're whatever job it is, if you're a janitor, if you're just be faithful in it, I've seen, I've seen times when I was praying and doing jobs that I'm like, man, God, I don't want to do this. Like, this is, I'm ready for the next challenge. And I think there's an aspect of patience that has to be there, but God will get you there. And and then I hope you're ready when God answers some of those prayers. So, uh, he's been so faithful.
0: It's, he, he has been, it's, it's so funny when, when you, uh, when you kind of like you basically give up and you're like God, I don't know what else to do. I'm just gonna trust in you. And then the answer comes like the next day, and you're like, Are you kidding me? Right now? And
1: it's you're and it's not even like it's crazy how yeah. how that works. Like yeah. there's there's authors that I've read a guy that honestly life changing books that he's written impacted my life with Mark Batterson. Um, I don't know if you ever read any of his stuff, but he has a book called All In, which you know you're a Jags fan, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. They did that when they I believe were at Clemson. But he talks about divine appointments. He says there's no such thing as as like just chances it's it's divine appointments, and that's honestly shaped my perspective too about like you know the relationships that you meet along the way like thinking about like man god's God's allowing me to have uh opportunity to connect with this person that's I think why I take serious every conversation I have with anyone um because you never know um whether you're called to to help them or they're called to pour into your life and so yeah. The divine appointments. And then he also had another quote that was don't seek, you know, seek opportunities, seek op- or seek God and opportunities and doors will be opened. And I've just, I have seen that timeless, you know, um, I've not had to always knock, knock, knock so hard. It's been like, Hey, you know, sh- somebody sharing stuff with me, but it's, it's crazy to look back. I'm sure when I look back at 60 uh, and to see how God is, has shaped my life. And, and I'm, you know, I'm just thrilled to obviously have a a Lord that loves me the way he does. So and loves us.
0: Amen. Amen. That's, that's so good. And I I can completely agree with that. We can, I am sure we could spend another hour talking about all the things that we have prayed for and God has just provided for. And, I'm just so thankful that you got to come on today and that we just serve a God that loves us and just made this connection. Uh, Without Colt Sedbrook, uh, we would not have made this connection. So thank you, Colt, if you're listening to this. Uh, But Mike, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you, Ken. Keep up the great work, man.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into our show today. It means so much every time anyone listens to this. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and share this episode with someone that needs to learn more about who jesus is as we say every single week and it's the whole reason this podcast is alive jesus loves you and he's gonna fight for you no matter what that's who he is talk to y'all next
1: time